Welcome to the Content Magazine Podcast. Conversations with Silicon Valley's creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine published by SV Creates. Today we talk to Dahlia Rawson. She is the director of the New Ballet in San Jose. Hello, Dahlia. Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, well, good. Welcome to the content podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm Is recording. this new? Yeah, I'm just starting it, actually, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, good. What do you do when you're good. a photographer and you're trapped at home so you can't take pictures of people? Then I'll just call them all up and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. I wish you could figure out how to do some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Can you come and stand outside my window and take pictures of me doing my online ballet classes in my newly built streaming studio that I can use to promote these classes? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, that would be fun, actually. I would love to do We were thinking about Oh, my God, than... that would be hilarious. I actually have a big window. Really? So okay, yeah. That is so funny. What a good idea. Yeah, I'll I just do it. had it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> after to get the deets. Okay. So I'd love to do that. Hey, oh just God, to let hilarious. you know, I am already recording, so um, okay. just want to let you know because I have to, I think I I have to say, say that I have, too crazy, <laughs> right? I think I have to say that for legal purposes or something okay. like that. That you, okay. um, if there was ever a court case or anything like that, you know. Sure, yeah. understood. Yeah, we gotta be. And you took over for the ballet San Jose or San Jose Ballet, whatever it was called back in those days, right? So. Yes. Uh, After the bankruptcy of Ballet San Jose, I founded New Ballet um, because I really believe that San Jose deserves to have a professional ballet presence. And currently we are the only American ballet theater certified school on the West Coast. We are the uh, resident ballet company of the Hammer Theater. So we also have a full season of ballet performances at the Hammer Theater. Awesome. Cool. Which, with this new situation, um, right? I mean, things have been postponed and shift around. How is that going? Yeah, we just moved into a new location for our school at the Corinthian Ballroom Building. Had an incredible ribbon cutting. And, of course, now we can't do classes in the school. So, um, And our season, also, we are postponing. So it's a difficult time. Yeah, yeah. (coughs) How are you doing with that, I mean, on a personal level? I know you've been working so hard to get the move to even keep ballet alive here how's it going just with like that how you doing um you know it's i'm up and down a little bit i have to say uh it it does it's it is uh, it's a roller coaster you know we just got into this incredible new space which yeah. was you know uh critical to our survival and we did it well we did it in a strong financial position we still had a cash reserve after doing two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of renovations we had just you know finished these drop dead gorgeous studios the most the the most spacious studio in the bay area i mean it's beautiful we have five large studios we've finally gotten our classes all going in the new space yeah and now it's empty um (laughs) We were ready to do Fast Forward, which is one of the most exciting programs of the year yeah. on uh, March 28th. Um, but, of course, that had to be postponed as well. Um, so, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's difficult to, um, to sort of 
uh, rally and um, and 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 keep going at times. But of course, you know that that is all we can do is is um, roll with the punches and and come up with plan whatever it is. I think we're probably on <laughs> G by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we did we did jump right into uh, having an online presence. Yeah, um, I saw that. That's great. Uh, immediately. I, and we got out the door faster with that than almost any other ballet organization that I know of, including the big ones. Um, I think I credit that to my uh, <laughs> my lifetime of experience as a gamer girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, gaming pays I, off. <laughs> you know, I uh, I would say that 75% of my social life for the last decade at least has been virtual. Oh, I am yeah. very, very active in my gaming community. I know online platforms. And I think most importantly is that I understand the depth of personal connection that is possible sure. um, online. Yeah. You know, some of my best friends I have never met in person, and I consider them to be people that I'm closest to. Yeah, so cool. this, the the process of relating to dancers and students um, through a virtual platform is very familiar and, and I understand how it can really work. Um, So we launched our free online streamed classes, which were available to dancers everywhere as well as of course our own community of dancers um, really early on. I think we've been running them for three and a half weeks now or something like that. That's incredible. Um, and then we've, we've actually, so that was step one, um, a few, a couple days after that, we launched, um, exclusive interactive, uh, zoom classes for our registered students. So for those classes, you know, the students can see us, we can see them, we can offer personal corrections, um, and feedback. Um, and now we've even, uh, added a couple of online, uh, interactive zoom classes that the public can sign up for as well for, um. We're charging four ninety nine a class. Uh, we've got adult ballet for uh, complete beginners. We call that ballet boot camp. That's on Thursday nights um, at six p.m. That's a great class if you just want to kind of a gentle introduction to yeah. uh, ballet technique. And the idea is after you take a couple of those classes, you're ready to go into a ballet class. You know the basics, and it's really a lovely class. It's so, taught by Bryn Bryn Graham. And she incorporates a lot of um, stretching and yoga and sort of uh, getting your body ready to dance, as well as the basics of classical ballet. Is it now? That's not a Zoom room, right? So other people—that is a Zoom. That's so a Zoom class. So other people would so, be seeing me if I went there to do that. Well, you can decide to turn your video oh, off. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> okay, you good. can. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because it does seem like that online drop-in class that part of the uh, part of the the. The joy of it was, you know, it sounds like nobody's watching, right? Because really nobody <laughs> might be watching except your cat. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you can also, if you turn the video on, then you have the personal interaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, cool. and honestly, like it's going to be eight people digitally. Yeah. It, it's a judgment-free zone, Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you haven't seen me And a dance. little bit of feedback is kind of nice. Yeah. But you can always turn your video off. It's, I mean, yeah. totally up to you. Now, so yeah, we've got that class that you can just uh, drop into for four ninety nine, as well as a um, just an adult or teen um, ballet class 
it's kind of an intermediate uh, beginning level. So anybody who takes ballet for exercise, they can do that from their own home. And we also have a class for uh, our primary students. So that's kids ages 5 to 8. That's on Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. And um, uh, it's taught by Sarah Stevens, who's one of our uh, studio company dancers. She danced the Sugar Plum Fairy in the San Jose Nutcracker this year. She's great with kids. She's a beautiful instructor. And that class has been really popular as well. That's cool. So, and the, and the instructors are doing this from their home. I from our homes, yes. Yeah, yeah. my... Yeah. Um, I am very fortunate in that I married a lifetime of IT support. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we've got a full-on, like, streaming you got studio a server, server going on. Stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't even know what we have. We have lots of things, and it works very well. We moved. First, I was trying to do it in the living room, and um, our uh, production manager from the Hammer Theater, he and his husband were watching the class, and they said that I needed a special backdrop because I – was blending in too much, so they oh. dropped off pipe and drape in my, my oh, cool. yard, and we disinfected and put that up, and then we decided that didn't really work, so my husband said, look, we're not going to have any people over for the next month or so. Let's just move all the furniture out of the living room. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so cool. we moved all the furniture out of the living room. My living room is now my ballet studio. Yeah, that's um, cool. So I, I did start this off by saying that it's been a blow, and it's been a struggle, but um, you know, this is also a time to, to learn about what you can do to be resilient yeah, and, totally. and connecting with my students and my dancers, company dancers. Yes, of course, seeing them online, seeing their artistry is inspiring, but seeing our younger students as well is, you know, they show up for class on time. They're in their uniforms. They have something set up at home, yeah. whatever it is. It might be their garage. It might be their bedroom. It might be their kitchen. They figured it out. Their hair is up. They're ready to go. Yeah. They're working hard. Yeah. And um, we've started a little tradition in our classes. At, at the end of a classical ballet class, you do what we call a reverence, which is a, a bow, a formal bow to your teacher. I usually ask the dancers to also bow to their pianists. Yeah. We have live pianists in our school. Um, it's a time to just show respect for your teacher, for your accompanist, for your fellow dancers, for the process of training. It's something mm. done at the end of every class. So we, we do our reverence virtually, but then we also do what, what we're calling our digital reverence, <laughs> where I ask the students to type into chat. Um, oh, cool something that they feel grateful for on that day oh, that's awesome. and it's it's a really lovely way for us all to connect with each other because um you know we've lost our community as well these yeah. kids are some of them are training with us six days a week for up to four hours a day wow. this is their after school activity we are their village yeah. they are our village and um you know now we're seeing each other for almost the same amount of time. And, and that's, that's been great. very inspiring. That's great. Um, I mean, it's so cool, too, to see something as, you know, classical and historic as ballet intersecting with this current technology, right? And it's fun to hear yeah. you talking about your gaming experience, for you to transition, <laughs> right? It's interesting. I mean, that's the thing. is like, you yeah. know, social media and digital, it's, you know, it's not the same as face-to-face in present contact. But it does help, 
build that connection that couldn't happen otherwise. So, yeah, I applaud you for your... I mean, right now, there would be no other way to be working together and dancing together. And, you know, doing a daily ballet class for a ballet dancer, it's not just exercise. It's not just building your technique. Um, It's a very... It's a ritual. You know, it's the way we connect to our artistry. It's the way we connect to our bodies. Yeah. Um, and the way we connect to each other. And it's, you know, it's, it's a very centering practice. Every ballet dancer does class every single day. It's about an hour and a half long. It, 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 there's something very, it's a daily ritual. And, yeah. and to not be able to do that is, um, you know, it, it, it makes things very difficult for dancers. So, so what happens you know, we uh, in, in the future then? Um, you could actually do, you can triple your class size, really. You could do that people <laughs> live and still stream it, right? Well, you know, I'm considering that for a couple of classes a week. Of course, there will be no, once yeah. we can get back in the studio, being in the studio is, is the place to, to really dance. You know, sure. there's nothing that can compare to flying across yeah. 60 square feet of space with a live pianist. Yeah. And with a floor, with a floor that's a living, a little bit with forgiving. With a floor the, that's really, you know, appropriate <laughs> yeah. for, for dance. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and high ceilings so you feel like you can soar through the air you know all of these things are part of the dancing experience yeah but so this is you know i of course like everyone else hope this is not too long of a term of a situation um because there's there's no comparison to yeah to dancing with with people there with you and experiencing all of that together. Yeah. And of course, one of the reasons that we, we practice ballet, that we follow the practice of classical ballet is for performances. Yeah. And um, there's in my mind, videoed performances, streamed performances don't capture the magic of ballet. I mean, they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong. There's yeah. great stuff out there right now. People are posting all kinds of brilliant performances. Yeah. It's a completely different experience and a live performance. Yeah. The, the little flaws, the little mistakes are what make it exciting. Right. You know, yeah. it's when somebody is pushing so far beyond the envelope that it's just on the verge of going horribly wrong. I mean, that is what makes live performance thrilling. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's something that just experience about that can't tangible. be duplicated. I yeah. just, I, I like watching ballet online, and and you know, there's some incredible works that are being posted right now. But it, it's a totally different experience. It's more cerebral. You can appreciate the aesthetics. You can say, oh my gosh, look at this incredibly high leg yeah. and 27 million pirouettes. But it doesn't. Yeah, you know, there's there was a scientific study that said that people's hearts. Uh, their heart rate, their heartbeat synchronized yeah. uh, when at yeah. a, a classical symphonic or opera performance or ballet performance. There is something about being in one of these beautiful theaters all together, witnessing and experiencing live performing arts that that I don't think can be duplicated digitally. Yeah. So, and that's across the board. I mean, you could, you know, oh, from yeah. from dance to plays musical and sports yeah Yeah, you know it's 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 a total and just to be there and then to be there with other people even you know they thought that you know netflix was going to kill the whole movie theater experience Mm -hmm. but you know it hasn't people still want to have that and have it together and so hey can let me ask you what in this experience of the last three weeks or so what have you learned personally 
um, about yourself through this kind of transition? Well, I have learned that I don't demonstrate all that much when I am teaching in the studio, <laughs> but when I'm streaming <laughs> online, like I feel like I have to do all the steps as full out as I possibly can. So sure, sure. I am getting in better shape than I've been in, in like a decade by doing ballet classes. <laughs> so instead of streams. instead of being the ballet instructor walking around with the stick, yeah, you have, I have to, do, to do this stuff. It, it's hilarious. I mean, I'm telling my students like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm going to try for a double pirouette here. I haven't done it 10 years. Cross your fingers for me. Well, how, and then how is it? Cause I know that you have, you do have like a back kind of, or you had a, injury. you know, I did, but honestly I'm cleared for uh, my flexibility and I have physical limitations that, um, I of course didn't have when I was a professional ballet dancer. When you were 15 um, or I something. Think, oh yeah. <laughs> when I was 15, but also, you know, throughout my performing career, which was quite long, I was very lucky, but yeah, what you're alluding to, what we're talking about here is that, um, I was diagnosed uh, with Hodgkin's lymphoma um, while I was a professional ballet dancer, which ended my career pretty abruptly. Yeah. Um, and I had to go through uh, a year of chemotherapy and then a bone marrow transplant. Um, but I'm completely cured at this point. Great. There was damage to my spine. Um, the There were tumors in my spine, and uh, it caused some damage, which uh, they thought was going to require some really horrible-sounding surgery. But I got lucky there, too. The, the bones kind of fused back together in a wow. way that it's not, there's no risk to my spinal cord or to, you know, anything serious. Um, but I can't lift my legs as high as I used to. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Like, you know, I, whatever. I'm... Which is probably good <laughs> because if you're demonstrating in your, in your house, you might break some stucco or something like that. Oh, there is no, there's nothing. We moved everything. No. I've got room. <laughs> no lamps are going to fall over. No, unfortunately, I don't have that excuse. So yeah, my lines, my legs aren't as high. I'm not as turned out. You know, it's not what it used to be for sure. Yeah. Um, which is actually why I don't dance as much as I used to. I'm kind of have a lot of pride around that. Um, to yeah. stay in shape now. I mean, I, I demonstrate as needed. I definitely can get the idea across to my students, but I don't really try to make the shapes so much with my body anymore. And there's a lot of pride to that. I just sort of, and I don't take class myself or I hadn't been. Yeah. My feeling was, you know, I left kind of close to the top of my career and I didn't want to dance at a lower level than that. And I knew I could never get back to where I was. It was just, yeah. you know, not going to be possible. Yeah. It's, it's a... a search for perfection. And I felt like if I'm just doing this now for exercise or for myself, I'd rather do something else, you know. Um, I'd rather do a different type of workout. Yeah, yeah. So that is sort of how I've been living my life. But now here I am. I find myself where I've got to do this ballet class awesome. <laughs> several times a week. <laughs> um, and so I guess that's, you know, what I'm learning for myself is that I do still love to dance. So and does that mean you're going to have a cameo in the next Fast Forward? or, <laughs> or, or the, um, I the doubt next it. I don't know that I want to perform on stage. You know, the roles for sort of retired dancers are typically um we call them principal character roles for women i feel like they're best suited to taller women in general um Kara Boss, who's the evil fairy in sleeping beauty oh, okay. um she's like maleficent basically yeah. i think she needs to be tall and domineering and demanding and um 
I don't know. The, the sort of roles I could step into generally, I feel like, are better for a, a, somebody who looks taller on, and more. I still look kind of young on stage in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And well, um, fast forward, fast forward, right? Would be incredible to do a little something then, right? Because uh, I don't create, know. I don't really have the technique for part. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Never say never. Yeah. Well, the I one to... role I've always said I would come back to do, I we will we probably will never do this ballet. I don't know who would do this ballet. It's the darkest ballet in the history of, I don't know what, but uh, <laughs> Silicon Valley Ballet did it. And I did a role that I could still do today because it was just about all acting, very little actual dancing. Oh. The ballet is called The Lesson, and it's about a psychotic ballet teacher oh. who kills his student. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and... I played the pianist who sits there and plays the piano and kind of aids and abets and hides the body. And it was, it's the darkest, weirdest ballet. That does so sound strange. It. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was, it's, it's a, probably though, ballet, but it's fun. probably though <laughs> like, uh, like that's kind of seems like, you know, because a lot of times dance, you know, ballet dancers or ba- dance teachers, instructors or, seem very you know they, they ha- kind of have that real kind of like evil kind of like strict <laughs> thing you know what i mean so it's a kind of a funny storyline it, so. it, it's a very funny ballet um but yes but we like to not to, to be at new ballet we are definitely trying to go against that stereotype sure. um, we do really put a focus on dancer wellness um and child development um but I, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think, yeah, you think of that old lady with the bun and the stick walking around and yelling at all the, at least that's what I yes. think about. Yes. And you're not that at all. So that's great. No, I, we're not. Yeah. We're not. Um, but of course, there's a, you know, there is a history. It's really when it, there's a big a shift in um, contemporary dance training versus historic dance training. Yeah. Historically, in um, Europe and and Russia and now in Asia, it's state-sponsored. But traditionally, ballet was sponsored by royalty. So there, nobody paid to learn ballet. Oh. You were selected um, because you had the right physicality, the perfect body, the perfect feet, the perfect proportions. Yeah. And then you were trained um, very, very rigorously. Uh, but you were not being—you were not paying for these lessons, so it was—you um, know—you can imagine what those Russian schools, a lot of them, were like. Yeah. Uh, now in America, there is there is no state-sponsored ballet. Um, it's it's all private instruction. Even the biggest schools, students pay to learn ballet. So we need. It, it has led to the development of a way of training. That is, um, it's wonderful for everyone. You don't need to have all of the physical perfection that uh, is required to go on to a professional level um, in order to train very seriously for a very long period of time and get a great deal of joy and, and develop skills that will help you with everything you do in life. Develop the ability to focus on a goal for over a decade, develop the ability to, uh, to, uh, be self-motivated to set long-term goals um there's so many benefits to long-term performing arts training that help dancers no matter what they end up doing in life well that's true i think anything that you dedicate yourself to any kind of 
mm-hmm. of craft, right? The lessons mm-hmm. that transfer. I mean, even like, you know, just thinking about, you know, I've probably told you about this before, but for you taking over the ballet, keeping that going, leading it, running it, now moving it to a new place, changing what you're doing to fit for this this temporary kind of scenario. I mean, that's a testimony to your kind of passion, resilience, and, you know, discipline to stick with something, you know? Yeah. You know, that's part of your makeup of who you are, right? So it's cool that you're getting into the classes and dancing yourself, yeah. yeah <laughs> well, you know, it just feels like it's the time to do that. I was speaking with some other directors, and they were sort of feeling a little bit, like, we can't, you know, I look at these streams that people are doing from their living room, and it looks so unprofessional. I think it's better if we just don't do anything for a while. Oh, yeah, sure. And, you know, I just feel like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that This is not the time to be so proud. Yeah. And, have, you know, it, this is the time to be genuine and, and vulnerable and dance around your living room, because yeah. that's that's what we can do right now. And yeah, really and everyone connected, is, is doing right? that. Every yeah. Stay connected yeah. and stay stay as a dancer. Yeah. Still be a dancer yeah. in this time. It is. It's it's the tendency, right, with these kind of things is when something happens to shrink back, which is completely opposite to what it means to create and to grow. And you know, and you know this too, it's the always the the obstacles that we you know, innovate or we do something to go past that improve us and make us better, you know? So can you tell me, tell me about, explain the whole philosophy and everything behind what you guys do with the Fast Forward? So Fast Forward is, um, it's an evening of completely new ballet. Every year we uh, commission choreographers to come in and create new works on the studio company. And this year we had some incredibly exciting pieces on the program. Ben Needham Wood, who is uh, a dancer with Smeon Ballet, and as well as a uh, very well-regarded choreographer, he actually won an Emmy Award for choreography for a uh, dance film that he made. He did a piece for the studio company that is really exciting. Naomi Sailors, who is a an alumnus of our studio company, now dancing professionally, um, she is also our ballet master, which means she helps us with rehearsals. She created a really interesting work that was um, inspired by the idea of an encounter between alien species and humans. Um, (laughs) That was sort of her jumping off point. And um, it's really an incredible ballet. It explores the idea of otherness and kind of dancers, dancers with a really, really exceptional physicality we call them creatures. <laughs> so she was sort of playing with that idea of a, of a ballet dancer who's a creature versus a ballet dancer who's more of a human. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, so you we actually, were, that's a term that is used in the ballet industry for yeah. creatures. And <laughs> yeah. those are, and those are oh, the ones. Oh yeah. She's a creature. Have you seen her legs? <laughs> oh, and does that mean, and that means they're like the, like the perfect specimen of, a ballet dancer. Yeah, dance. yeah, they have something really exceptional about their body that oh, fun. you know, as which is usually sort of hyper flexibility, super flexible feet, legs that just you know can go behind their wherever yeah. ears, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then these physical attributes that to kind of to normal humans might look a little bit 
like, oh my gosh, your leg is bending in the wrong direction or something. But yeah. to us, you know, we love it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> um, but we were, and for the performance, um, we'll have commentary by uh, Douglas Fakotch, who's the director of Medi International, um, which is uh, former director of message composition for SETI International. Right. He is, his yeah. life work is um, working on uh, communications with aliens. And right. he and I actually have worked together for about five years now on a project of motion capturing ballet um, that we plan to send uh, through the Arecibo uh, radio telescope as a message to potential alien species. Um, so he'll talk a little bit about why he believes that a dance or ballet is actually a really uh, ideal means of communicating with anybody who might be out there. Sure, that's kind of an interesting philosophy, because then if you, yeah, if you can't speak a same language or view, mm-hmm. but motion, well, I guess we're still assuming from the human point of view, but you would think that motion that's soothing in some way, like just like the clouds or, you know, a tree would communicate positivity to this other being. One hopes. Yeah. And, yeah. and the idea is kind of, or it could be, start, it could be their war chant. <laughs> <laughs> could be. I, I think it's, um, there's a way to sort of first initially explain, but a very, very simple message that, that, uh, presents some very basic mathematical, premises because the idea is that if you are advanced enough of the species to understand a radio telecommunication you understand what math is right and then through that they could extrapolate um to the point where a motion capture that has been sort of boiled down to its its nuts and bolts you know we're not sending a video we're sending a digital rendering of the information that one could use to make up a video. (laughs) And um, it would start with something very basic, a human form doing pedestrian movements, walking, crawling, raising their arms. I mean, this brings up a very basic concept, which is that we have bodies, you know, Um, Hmm. we are human, we have a body, this is our body. And it moves usually like this, but then to then show a classically trained phrase of movement, we feel that that shows, okay, we have, humans have a body, and humans also have aspirations and training and artistry, and they do something with their body that is beyond pedestrian. So that's yeah, kind of the, that's awesome. the little beauty of the message that we hope to put together. We have actually gotten to the point of doing some motion capture. A local company let us use their studio and their equipment, awesome. and um, yeah, we're pretty far to far along in this process that's really cool that's cool so then um do you know when um i guess you don't but what when was the date pushed out for fast well it's currently scheduled for june i believe it's the seventh and of course you know tba yeah we'll see so yeah june 7th okay um and then uh where can they find if they want to take a class where can they get information on the new ballet Everything is at newballet.com. Um, there's a banner right at the top of the page uh, that will link you directly to our online class menu, I suppose I could say. <laughs> uh, there's also all kinds of information there about our performances. We also have a strong social media presence on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. 
So if you look for New Ballet, New Ballet San Jose, you'll find us. And we keep that really well updated with announcements about our classes, our online classes, and everything else. Well, good. So uh, thank you again. I just applaud you for your tenacious and your, um, you know, stick fortitude or whatever it is. <laughs> thank you. To, I get resilience and everything like that in keeping ballet here. Great programs. Thanks for even transitioning so that, you know, to provide it for your students and for the public and excited about that. And it's fun to hear how your gaming mindset <laughs> just made you transition immediately. That's kind of cool. So, um, Yeah, thank you, Dahlia. Thank you so much for um, letting me talk to you, and I really appreciate what you're doing. All right. Talk to you soon, Daniel. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. In addition to publishing Content Magazine, SV Creates provides resources and training for the arts community. Each week we'll be checking in with Alyssa to see what's going on with SV Creates. Hi everyone, this is Alyssa. I'm the program manager with SV Creates. On April 22nd, we're looking forward to offering a short webinar on crisis communications with Matt Lerman from Social Prosperity Partners. We're collaborating with Californians for the Arts and Theater Bay Area to bring you this free webinar. Check out our website and social media for links to register. Cool. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Please follow us on social media at Content Mag and subscribe by going to our website, content-magazine.com. This episode's music is Muddy Water from Socorro's 2020 release, Coming Home Soon. You can find Socorro on Spotify. Spotify.